Hello, Cathedral family. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. God's blessed us with another day. I just want to thank you for being here, all those who are well, in the main building, wherever you're at on campus, those out at the amphitheater and the chapel and the coffee shop, and all those watching online, our online campus or other sites that are tuning in, thank you so much for being here on this week. And all this month, we've been in a series in the book of Proverbs asking God to grow us when it comes to wisdom. That wisdom is having insight into the way that life works best. Wisdom is knowing how to make a good decision in the complicated scenarios that we run into. Wisdom is being able to see life and respond to life from a divine point of view. And we've been asking God to grow us in wisdom. Wisdom when it comes to our words, wisdom when it comes to our plans, wisdom when it comes to our money, and this week, I want to talk to you about wisdom and our anger. Uh-oh. <laughs> but first of all, let me address the elephant in the room. How do you like my shoes? <laughs> my wife bought me these for Mother Father's Day. And she dared me to wear them on a weekend. And so here I am, if I start dancing while I'm preaching, it's all the shoes fault, right? My blue suede shoes. You know, I, I have a wonderful wife. We've been married for, uh, tomorrow will be our 35th anniversary. I've been so blessed. 35 years. We got married when we were six years old, amen. It's been a wonderful journey. I heard about a couple. They had been married 35 years, and they're celebrating their anniversary. They're out to dinner, and the husband says, honey, I, I don't know how you've done it. I've got this terrible temper, and yet all through the years, you found a way to just stay cool and, and put up with my foul moods. How did you do that? She said, well, whenever it happened, I would just go clean the toilet. And he said, and that helped? And she said, it sure did because I'd use your toothbrush. <laughs> oh my. When it comes to wisdom and our anger. I'm going to invite everybody to stand with me and we're going to read a passage out loud together. This is a very important topic for the day that we live in. And so let's declare the wisdom of God together. Everyone say it with me. Better to be slow to anger than to be a mighty warrior. And one who controls his temper is better than one who captures a city. Can we read that one more time? Better to be slow to anger than to be a mighty warrior, and one who controls his temper is better than one who captures a city. Can we give God praise for the wisdom in his word? Let's pray. Father, thank you for 
the cathedral family and friends and guests that are here with us this weekend, wherever they're at, here on campus, all around the world. We're so grateful, God, to have another day to worship you. And over the next few moments, there'll be a lot of things that are said. There'll be a lot of scriptures that are read. But God, I pray that by the power of your spirit, you would take the one thing we need to hear, bring it right into our soul, so that we can put it into practice, and this week can be different because we've met you in this moment. That's our heart. That's our desire. All God's people said, amen. amen. Let's give God praise one more time. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Well, I, I just want this to get in your spirit that we can manage our anger. We can get mad without going mad. I really want that to get in your spirit today, that this can be a new week for you, a new week for you at home, at work, you know, at the gym, on the golf course. Wherever you're at, you can get mad without going mad. We can. Say that with me. We can. So before you're seated, affirm that to somebody. Tell them, we can. Go ahead and do that. We can. Yes, we can. We can. With the grace of God, we can. Because we're going to run into a situation this week, I guarantee it. In fact, there's a commercial where these guys are golfing. And watch the screens. You can, well, you can see it. I'm done with golf. I'm done with this course. I'm sick of this parking lot. I hate my clubs. I don't even know why I wear this stupid visor. These tees are too tall. Same time tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> You're going to run into it. Whether it's at a, at a golf course, at work, uh, or on the road. Experts say we live in the age of rage, and you can see it in the road rage. Look at this picture of just rage on the road. <laughs> hate. Never trust a cat behind the wheel. I, I read about this lady who was driving in traffic, and she was cutting in and out of, you know, darting through traffic. She's in a hurry. She cuts off this one guy and he hits his brakes and now he is really ticked. And so he follows her and at a red light, he jumps out of his car and he's headed toward her car. He's going to let her have it. Well, she jumps out of her car and starts heading toward him. And now you know this is going to end in trouble, right? But instead... She has a big smile on her face. She walks up to him, throws her arms around him, gives him a big kiss on the lips. <laughs> then she runs back to her car, jumps in the car, and takes off. Here is the guy standing in the road. He's stunned. He's embarrassed. He's not sure what to do, but you know what he said? He said after that kiss, he wasn't mad anymore. <laughs> the Bible says a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Maybe she was just putting the Bible into practice. Amen. 
But we live in this age of rage and sociologists and psychologists really believe that technology may be feeding the problem. There's a book called Virtually You and what they say is that we develop these angry online personalities and we say things online that are just brutal and angry. But then we have our real life personality and we're trying to keep the two separated. But as more studies are being done, they're finding that your online angry personality is bleeding over into your real life personality. In the book, in one place, they put it this way. They say society at large is becoming a more angry and uncivil place and we should ask ourselves if one reason we have become uncivil in the real world is because of what we do online in the virtual world. Boy, how do we tame our temper when everybody around us is losing theirs? It's a very big question. It starts by understanding that anger as an emotion is not sin. If you never get angry, you may want to check your pulse. Because anger is one of the emotions that God has given to us. God himself has the capacity for anger. And we are made in his image. And so we have the capacity for anger. Anger was given to us. It's a little bit like the dashboard in your car. If you're driving your car and this light shows up on your dashboard... It lets you know that you need to pull over and fill up the tank with gas or else you're going to be stranded on the side of the road. It's a warning sign. And anger, when we feel anger, it's a warning sign in our heart that something is wrong. It's not sin to feel anger. It's when sin takes control of that anger. That's when we run into problems. Did you know that anger is one of the leading causes of heart disease? Or that anger is one of the leading causes of depression? Or when you look at how anger impacts our homes, a friend of mine, she wrote me a note this week a very transparent note about growing up in an angry family. This is what she writes. I grew up in a very violent home. My dad loved the Lord, but he was easily angered and very abusive. Both my brothers grew up to be verbally and physically abusive in their relationships. How did it affect me? Well, many times I hated my dad. Then I hated my brothers when they were abusive to their girlfriends or wives. And when their anger turned on me, I hated them all over again. And that says a lot because family is everything to me. I love them dearly, but I hated their behavior and their need for control. I decided at an early age, we are talking elementary age, I never wanted to get married. 
When sin takes control of your anger, Proverbs puts it this way. It says an angry person stirs up conflict and a hot-tempered person commits many sins. Anger, it's a, it's a subject. If we're going to, to live life with wisdom, we have to know how to, to get mad without going mad. And the, by the grace of God, we can And so let's give God praise in faith that God is going to help us to manage our anger. Amen? Hallelujah. We can. Say that with me. We Say it again. We can. We don't have to let our anger manage us. Instead, we can manage our anger. Now, what I want to do is, is think with you for a few moments about the nature of anger and what makes us angry and then how what we can do with anger to, well, how we can use it in a positive way. And so all of this is on your outline to invite you to follow along with me and look for that one thing that the Holy Spirit brings to your attention this weekend. First of all, think about why is it hard to manage our anger? Why can't we just do it? I mean, why do I have such trouble with my anger? Why is it hard Well, one reason is that we've had bad examples around us and we've picked up their bad habits. The Bible says this about picking up bad habits. It says, do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered or you may learn his ways. Learn, say that with me. Learn, say it again. Learn, underline the word learn, circle the word learn. Because when we're around people that handle their anger in an unhealthy way, we can learn their ways. If we grew up in a home where the dad, when he got angry, he would blow up, we can learn his ways. If we grew up in a home where our, well, our mom, when she got angry, she would internalize it and burn up, We can learn her ways. Anger is something that we can learn. We can learn bad habits. But here is the good news. Are you ready for some good news today? If anger is something we can learn, we can learn bad habits. Do you know what? We can learn good habits as well. Amen? That we can rise up today. And we can say, I'm going to learn good habits. I'm going to learn better habits. I'm going to hang around people who know how to manage their anger. I'm going to pick their brain. I'm going to listen to them. And I'm going to let them rub off on me. I'm not going to pass those bad habits to my kids and to my grandkids. Today is a new day. It's a new start for me. Amen. Hallelujah. We can. Say that with me. We can. Why is it so hard, Ken? Well, sometimes it's hard because of a short-term payoff. A short-term payoff. When we throw a temper tantrum, have you ever seen a temper tantrum? I mean, we have one right here of a kid throwing a temper tantrum. Give me back my Barbie, right? Well, if we just stopped it when we're kids, but when we grow up, we can still throw temper tantrums. And here's the thing about the temper tantrum. Sometimes it works. It gets other people's attention. And sometimes they give us what we want. 
and we keep going back to the temper tantrum because there's a payoff involved. In this way, anger's very much like an addiction that we go back to that short-term payoff. But the truth of the matter is this. When everybody, make sure you capture this. The truth of the matter is this. Whenever I lose my temper, in the long run, I lose. Let me say that again. Whenever I lose my temper, in the long run, I lose. They did a, a survey of kids between the ages of nine and a and 12, and they asked them, what's the favorite thing you like about your mom? And then what's the least favorite thing you like about your mom? Boy, that's a scary question to ask kids. And on the first question, kids were all over the board on that. They, all kinds of things, what they liked about their mom. On the second question, one answer kept popping up again and again. I cannot stand it when my mom screams. You know what they're saying? In the long run, when you lose your temper, you lose. That's why Proverbs says, a fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. Can we give God praise for the wisdom we find in his word? We can. We can think long-term. We can. Say that again. We can. Why is it so hard? Sometimes it's very difficult because, frankly, we are living under too much tension. Just too much tension. It's a little bit, in this sense, like this rubber band. I mean, I have a rubber band right here, and rubber bands are made to stretch. They really are. And... But if you stretch it too much, and the same thing is true in our lives. We're human beings, and we can stretch. We can stretch a lot. But here in the valley, if you just keep stretching and stretching, and you get too stretched out, and you're too tense, guess what's going to happen? Eventually, go. Ah! Now I'm kind of mad about that right there. Pray for me. I got to do this one more service. <laughs> but if you are too tense this week, and you know who I'm talking to, any little thing sets you off. And so if you I will ask God to, to show you how you can ease the tension just a bit. Spend some time in prayer and meditation. Spend some time on, you know, at the gym. Spend some time, well, drink a little less caffeine. Spend some time laughing more. How many could use a little more laughter, amen? I mean, laugh more. Laugh more at home. Laugh more at work. Laugh more at the, on the golf course. Laugh more at church. Don't take yourself so seriously, Take God seriously, but let's not take ourselves too seriously. And just laugh a little bit more. That'll reduce the tension. There was a sign, I thought this was funny, at a church. It read, anger management class is postponed for classroom repairs. <laughs> Seems like there was some trouble in the class, right? Look at what the Bible says in Proverbs about wisdom. It says, a relaxed attitude lengthens a man's life. 
Can we give God praise again for the wisdom in his word? Again, there's many reasons it's difficult to manage our anger, but we can. Say that again. We can. And the reason I know we can, it goes all the way back to the very first story about anger in the Bible. There are these two brothers. Do you remember their names? Cain and Abel. And they both go to church one day, and they each bring a sacrifice. Cain brings a sacrifice, and it's not accepted. Abel brings his sacrifice, and it is accepted. And now Cain is really mad. He has a bad day at church, and the only thing worse than having a bad day at church is when your little brother has a good day at church. And so he is mad. And God says in that moment to Cain, why are you angry? Now, Pastor Mike said the original Hebrew puts it this way, bro, why are you angry? (laughs) (laughs) Why are you angry? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you But you must rule over it. You must rule over it. Would you say that with me? You must rule over it. When God says you must rule over it, you know what that means? By God's grace, we can rule over it. That we don't have to be a slave to our emotions. You know, anger is a good servant, but it's a bad master, and we can rule over it. In fact, it's my guess that you have more power over your anger than you think. For example, a lady can be just mad at her husband and mad at her kids and mad at her dog and mad at the dishwasher, and she's just ranting and raving, and the phone rings, and she says, Hello! And on the other line, Hello, this is Pastor Ken. (laughs) Well, hi, Pastor Ken. Is this a bad time to call? Oh, no, this is a perfect time to call. (laughs) See, what happened? You took control of your anger, right? And so by the grace of God, I want faith to begin to rise in your heart. You don't have to be a slave to your anger anymore. Instead, well, look at what the Bible says in Romans 7. What a terrible failure I am. And boy, we all know what that's like. Who will save me from this sin that brings death to my body? I give thanks to God who saves me. He saves me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let's give God praise. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. We can. You can. Turn to someone and tell them you can. Go ahead. You can. Now that brings us to the next question on your outline. And this is a really important one to understand anger. And that question is, what do I feel before I feel anger? What do I feel before I feel anger? I read about this little boy who was, the neighbor kid was over visiting and they went into his parents' bathroom. And when they saw the weight scale that was on the floor, the neighbor boy asked, what is that? And the little boy said, I don't know what it is. 
All I know is when you step on it, it makes you really mad. <laughs> what do we feel before we feel anger? They, they call anger a secondary emotion, and here's what that means. You always feel something before you feel anger. Maybe the last time you got angry, last month, last week, on your way to church. Think about the last time you got angry. Were you feeling hurt, and then you felt anger? There was a study that was done with folks who had been through divorce, and boy, that's a painful thing to go through. Talk about hurt and pain. And the deeper the hurt, the deeper the anger. And in this study, they found that one out of three folks who have gone through a divorce, one out of three, 10 years later, still had intense feelings of anger toward their ex. Time does not heal all wounds, but the good news is Jesus does. Jesus can heal every wound. And if you have a hurt that's been creating anger in you, if you'll bring that hurt to God, the Bible says that he who cools his anger is a healer of his heart. In another place, it says that he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. Can we give God praise for who he is and what he does? God can heal your hurting heart today. Another reason we get angry is when we feel threatened. When we feel threatened. There's a case study in the Bible where there's a young man by the name of David. And he's really doing well at work. He's, he's winning battles and he's slaying giants. And they're writing songs about him. But his boss, King Saul, instead of celebrating David's success, he's threatened by David's success. And he gets angry. Even though David is his best worker, his most loyal worker, even though David is his son-in-law, Saul is so angry, he feels threatened. He is so angry that he tries to kill David. And you thought you had bad in-laws. <laughs> Whenever you feel threatened, you feel threatened by someone else's success at work, or you feel threatened by their criticism, or you feel threatened by those comments made to you online. Whenever you feel threatened, one of the best things you can do is to turn to God and find your security in God. And in God, well, I know who I am. I know whose I am. I am a child of God. And because of that, I can walk confidently and live securely. Can we give God praise? Amen. The Bible says reverence for the Lord gives confidence and security to a man and his family. See, what we feel before we feel anger, it's a very important subject. Are we feeling hurt? Are we feeling threatened? Or here's, here's another one. Are we feeling frustrated? This is the number one reason people get angry. Have you ever been frustrated? Oh my, let me make sure. Have you ever been frustrated? 
You know, we all know what that's like at home, at work, you know, at the airport. Have you ever been frustrated at the airport? You can see this picture of a kid, you know, how you feel when your flight's delayed. This happened uh, several years ago. I was taking a tour from the church over to Israel. And one part of the group, they were taking one flight. And then I was taking another flight with another part of the group. And we were going to meet in Israel. So we were to fly to New York and then make a connection in New York. And then to fly to Israel and meet the other part of the group. And guess what happened? We left late, we arrived late, and we missed our connection. There were no more flights out of New York that day to Israel. So now the whole trip is in chaos. We're having to reorganize everything. And so I'm at the airline counter trying to work out a solution. Because the airline... It wasn't because of bad weather. It wasn't because of some external force. The reason they were late was totally within their control. And so now I'm asking them, can you help us out? You know, can you help us find a hotel? Can you put us up in a hotel? Are there any hotels in New York? Anything. Throw us a bone. And the lady looks at me and she says, hey, it was just our job to get you here, and we got you here. Now, I'm a pretty patient guy (laughs) most of the time. (laughs) But my wife knows when I start to get angry, my nostrils start to flare. And man, my nostrils are flaring, and I'm just ready to scream. Just ready to scream. And The reason I didn't scream, just to be perfectly honest and candid with you, the reason I didn't scream is there's another guy that is there at the counter who works with the airline. He's a nice guy, and he keeps calling me Father Foreman. (laughs) How do you scream at a guy when they're calling you Father Foreman? (laughs) I couldn't do it. I thank God for that guy. God knew my limitations, but when you feel really frustrated, I feel frustrated and then I feel anger, and if you've been feeling frustrated, one of the best things you can do is turn that situation around and say, God, teach me patience through this. The Bible says in Proverbs, a man's wisdom gives him what? Gives him what? Can we give God praise for the wisdom in his word? Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Here's why understanding anger is so very important. You say, Ken, what's the big deal of knowing what I feel before I feel anger? If I don't understand it, I won't know how to resolve it. Let's go back to that dashboard idea. If this is the light that shows up, low fuel, and you say, okay, I know what to do with the car. I'll change the oil. I'll rotate the tires. But you're not resolving the issue. And that's why we need God's wisdom to help us understand ourselves so that we can know what is it? What are we feeling? And what is making us angry? The Bible says if any of you needs wisdom, ask God and he will give it 
to you. One more time, let's give God praise, amen. God is a good God, and he wants us to gain wisdom. Now, as we wrap things up, I want you to think with me, okay, what do we do? You know, what do we do when we, you know, when anger shows up, how can we handle our anger in a positive way? Now, Medea is trying to do that with Dr. Phil, but I'm not sure if it's working. Watch the screens and you can see it for yourself. I told them that I didn't need to come here and see you, okay? Well, I don't usually see people individually, but when I saw this tape of you getting arrested, I thought, I have got to talk to this woman. What is wrong with you? Why are you, act why are you so angry? First of all, ain't nothing wrong with me. Secondly, I'm not angry, okay? I'm not angry. You seem angry right now. No, I'm not angry. This is how I am. I'm, I don't have no hostility at all. What, do you have to be in control all the time of everything? I don't have to be in control all the time. I ain't got no problem with that. Well, then why do you get so angry? I don't get angry. I keep trying to tell you and that jerk that I do not get angry. If somebody do something to me, I do something to them. This is common sense. So you believe in getting even? Yeah. Why do you feel the need that you got to get somebody all the time? It's like, get them, get them, get them. You don't think that's angry? If they got me, got me, got me, I got to get them, get them, get them. <laughs> I love Medea, but it sounds like she could, well, it would do well if she spent some time in Proverbs. How do you manage your anger? Because Proverbs says, don't say I will get even for this wrong. Who are you talking to? You're talking to yourself. Don't say, I will get even for this wrong. Instead, wait for the Lord to handle the matter. Can somebody say amen? amen? Proverbs has so much wisdom. How do we make our anger work for us? Next time anger shows up, here's what we do. We think before we act. We think before we act. The Bible says this in Proverbs. It says, sensible people always think before they act. How about if we get interactive? Next time anger shows up, we do this. Can you count with me? Everybody count with me. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. One of our founding fathers, Thomas Jefferson, said, when you are angry, count to ten. When you're very angry, count to 100. Think before you act. And medical science is now showing the wisdom of Thomas Jefferson's words. Look at what one university school of medicine has found out. The familiar te technique of counting to 10 not only provides the time needed for delay, but also offers a distraction from the anger arousing event. While busily counting, we are not mentally adding fuel to the fire of anger by mulling over what happened. So next time anger shows up, we think before we act. Help me out again. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Way to go, Cathedral. We're on our way. Amen. Way to go, Cathedral family. So we think before we act, and then we act before it's dark. We don't carry that anger with us over a long period of time, because if we do, look what the Bible says, 
Do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not give the devil a foothold. Look at the picture the Bible gives. That when I carry around anger for a long period of time, I give the devil a foothold in my life. You have given the devil the right to operate in your life. It's like letting him move into your house and saying, hey, here's a closet, hang up your clothes. You know, here's the counter, put your toothbrush there. Here's a bed, here's a pillow. You let him move into your house. When we take our anger and we refuse to carry it and carry it, instead we offer it to God and ask God to help us resolve it, what we're doing is we're kicking the devil out of our house. Get out of our house. Say that with me. Get out of our Say it again. Get out of our house and get off my lawn. Amen? That's what we need to sell, say to the devil. So we think before we act, and we, we act before dark, and then finally we turn to the light. When you have anger, you can respond in one of three ways. You can burn up. You can internalize your anger. But when you bury it, you bury it alive. And it turns to hatred and hostility and resentment and bitterness. You can burn up or you can blow up like that volcano over in Hawaii. And there's ash and there's lava that goes all over the place. You can burn up or you can blow up or you can look up. And you can bring your anger to God, surrender it to him. And say, God, how can I use the energy of this anger in a positive, constructive, productive way for your kingdom? What does that look like? Well, there were two women who were mad, and they should have been mad. One woman, her teenage daughter was killed by a drunk driver. The other woman, her infant daughter was paralyzed by a drunk driver, and they got mad. You know, there are some situations, it's a sin not to be angry. Certain situations, you should be mad about that. And they were mad. But what they did is they took the anger, and instead of burning up or blowing up, they thought about how can we use the energy of our anger in a productive, constructive way. And they formed an organization called MADD, Mothers Against Drunk Driving. And when they did that, they sought to educate people about the dangers of drunk driving, and they sought to help the victims of drunk driving, and they sought to pass laws that were tougher on drunk driving. And through the work that they did since the founding of their organization, fatalities in drunk driving are down 43%. Can we give God praise? That's what it looks like. Hallelujah. That's how you can make your anger work for you. We can. Say that with me. We can. I'm going to ask Pastor Vaughn and the team to come on out. and We're going to have a moment together. Everybody stand with me. Just uh, everyone stick with me for these next couple of minutes. I really believe God wants to do something when it comes to our anger. I felt such a burden. We live in an angry world. 
The hope of the world is Jesus. Can someone say amen? amen? But the hope of Jesus is the church. That Jesus wants to work through the church to transform our world. And if God can help us to know how to manage our anger, that when we go into this angry world, whether it's in our neighborhood or in our school or at work or at the gym, that instead of letting culture transform us, we begin to transform that culture. We change the temperature because of how God's at work in us. It's a very difficult thing, this anger issue. It's tough to admit you're angry. It is. And there are some folks here, oh man, I just felt a burden in my heart. There are folks here that just, truth be told, you're angry at life. Because life didn't go the way you expected it. Never does. You're just angry, angry at life. In fact, if we dig a little deeper, there are some folks that are here, you're angry at God. You wouldn't say it. But if we were just peeling back the layers today, you're angry at God. God, how could this happen? God, how could this happen in my life? Wherever your anger is at, God can handle our anger if we'll bring it to him. And God wants to heal angry hearts. Some of you have been carrying around anger for a long time. It's created bitterness and resentment. Some of us is just right underneath the surface. So just any little thing makes us angry. Some of you have been battling depression. And the key to you being set free is letting go of that anger today. God wants to heal our anger. Let me pray. Father, thank you for this wonderful family. And God... I think of the words of the Apostle Paul, oh, what a wretch, a wretched man that I am. Because all of us look at the way that we have handled our anger, God, and we've all fallen short. So Lord, we bring this emotion to you and we ask you to help us to master it, to help us control it. God, angry hearts that are here today, I pray that you would begin to heal them by the power of your Holy Spirit, that we let go of our anger today. We let it go before you, God, and we receive instead your grace and your love and your mercy. Heal us today. We pray this in Jesus' name for Jesus' glory. And this week will be different because we met you in this moment. All God's people said, amen. amen. Let's give God praise, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.